0: Hey, 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 what is up, my Less Petty pals? It's your girl Kelly Howard, and welcome back to Be Less Petty, comedy self help podcast. Quick reminder we air live now, every other Monday via Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. So be sure to follow at Be Less Petty on IG so you know when and who is on the next live show. In this episode that you're about to hear, aired live last season with Pan-African Studies professor Baba Okanta. We chatted about African spirituality, poetry, and so much more with guest co-host, comedian, and Missy Elliott's longtime choreographer and background dancer, Blair Christian. It was a very interesting conversation and it seriously makes me want to visit the motherland, maybe even move there, but I don't don't know about all that. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, rate us a five and leave a review View, and if not just go away just just don't if you don't enjoy it just don't come back and listen to it don't share it that's fine it's cool no feelings lost but if you do make sure you rate us five stars and leave a review um enjoy this episode tune into the lives and always be less petty because some shit most shit just ain't that serious let's go <laughs> yo what up world it's your girl okay. kelly howard here sharing my personal experiences on how being petty almost ruined my life yes all those petty ways and consuming my precious days just and petty thoughts just uh my heat black like that Mm-hmm. Why she looking at me? Is she? Can you believe she coming on my post saying X, Y, Z? Did what? <gasps> Just pettiness. Just all-consuming. And I know you want to be less petty, too. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Check out these wars. Hey, be less petty with your time. Be less petty with your mind. Be less petty with your blame. All that petty shit is love. Be less petty with your friends. Love first. Make amends. Be less petty with your life. Be less petty with your wife. Okay. Be less petty with your mom. Be less petty with your job. Be less petty. Be less petty. Be less petty, baby. Body aches, migraine, chronic illness, and All it comes from is being petty. Hey, I'm telling you now, uh-huh, you don't want to do it. Nope. Cause that petty shit will have you in ruin. Social media, yep, be less petty there. Cause all them petty comments ain't gonna get you nowhere. You don't even want to be petty. I feel it. You just doing it. Cause it's socially acceptable, but don't nobody want no more. We want to move on to a new time where we can love and spit these rhymes. Like what? Hey. I want to love everybody, but is that even possible with this behavior? Yo, 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 what is up y'all out there? Welcome to Be Less Petty Comedy Self-Help Podcast Live. I'm your girl, Kelly Howard. We have an amazing show for you today. Uh, I know y'all saw that little delay between the video and me coming on. I am off today, okay? (laughs) All the way off. But that is not gonna stop the rhythm that is happening in this show. Today's show is all about African spirituality and poetry. And we have the phenomenal, the amazing Baba Okanta, which he's an associate professor at Kent State University. He teaches Pan-African studies, and I am really, 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 really excited to talk to him. And then we have the wonderful guest co-host, Blair Christian, fashion designer, dancer, comedian, dopest woman I know alive, like quite literally. She's going to help me have this conversation. In fact, I was just right now while I was delayed cuz I was trying to find the pictures of this dress that this girl made for me in my phone and I have to I have to show y'all these. Like it is amazing. For I um last year for New Year's Eve, she made a dress for me. But also, I officiated a wedding. Well, not last year. You know, we missed two years. So, not last year, not this other year. I think this was like 2020 or 2019. I think I don't even remember. We've lost so many years. But she made, I officiated a wedding and she made a tuxedo for that wedding. This is the tuxedo right there. She made that. Yes. She made that. And for my New Year's Eve dress, she made this. I'm talking about the girl is talented. Okay, the girl is talented. So without further ado, I want y'all to show a lot of love to my good friend, the extraordinary, amazing Blair Christian. Hi. Are you on mute? You are on mute. (laughs) <laughs> Hi,
1: Queen! I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yes, I'm so she, thankful you're here.
1: You said we missed like two, three years. What's so funny is when you said, "I'm like, wow, wait, that was the last moment," but it's been so many months. So many months. So happened. many months went. So
0: past. many months.
1: That's <laughs> a like, great moment. Um,
0: yes, we were allowed you- to have freely. You've had a whole ass baby since then. Like, that's how long it's been.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Add to my list. Now, designer, comedian, dancer, choreographer, dragon slayer, mommy.
0: Mommy, yes, Yes. you you killing the game, I must admit. I am really, really excited to have you in particular on the show, because every time we talk, you are always spitting some knowledge, Uh, whether it's about African culture. A lot of the designs you do are inspired by African culture, um, and you use a lot of patterns. And you always just trying to tell me something I need to do better in my life, and you be showing me YouTube channels and they have and
1: they all got to do <laughs> that's it i got a yeah youtube university
0: okay and okay
1: and youtube university, that's how i have become enlightened now honestly i've i've been privileged since like i want to say about 12 or 13 just to be around like uh individuals who've been on that journey like for, their, for most of their lives so when i was yeah. a kid i had to dip and dab in those types of energies early on before i knew that or what it was or that it would be helping me later. I got yeah. the kind of people. So, you know, that's why I'm able to drop a jewel here and there. Every and day. that's great.
0: It's beautiful. It's beautiful because I feel like we need to awaken to that. We need to understand who we were uh in fact me and Baba I was talking about this in our preliminary conversation before the show, uh, mm-hmm. about how we need we need to know like who we were before this. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? before America, before we got here, um, because we're so our minds are so colonized. And how do we get past that? How do we get to that next level? So um, I am happy to be in the presence of people like you that are always reminding me, you know, of what I am and where I come from and uh, giving me little gems. So I knew as soon as I knew that he was going to be on this show, I was like Blair instantly. Yay.
1: Instantly, <laughs> Instantly. done as a mommy, actually. So, oh, outside of breastfeeding and wiping up spit up in diapers, this is my first moment. So, I was like, oh, yeah, I need to do this. Yay, because, just because of that, though. And, um, just as you were saying that it was, uh, the reason you wanted to do it because you're kind of constantly in search of that, but. Honestly, even if you've been exposed to it, it's still a journey. It's still a moment. Like you're still learning every day. It's like it's it's honestly a, a open open field for just knowledge every day, and just kind of adding this. And then even adding the culture that we've kind of acquired along the way, because within not having or feeling at a loss, we've cultivated our own here as African Americans. Mm. I'm kind of getting more in tune with that, too, just appreciating our culture that's been kind of accidentally put together.
0: Um, Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's so interesting because people I was just in Jamaica this past weekend and they've completely accepted like patois. Right. They don't have a problem accepting that this is the language we speak based on what we've had to create under the circumstances we've had, you know. But yet you think about things like Ebonics and stuff like that here in America. That's like shunned. Right. You look at that like she don't know how to speak. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, well, maybe this is the language we've had to develop because. But yeah. So with that being said, actually, I was going to say we're going to jump into the petty stories because my petty story has a little bit to do with still having to learn. Okay. Like learn. Cause you said just a learning process, right? You have to learn, learn, learn. And my petty story is, is about having to continue to learn, but I'm gonna let you share yours first. And okay. then I'm going to talk about mine. So what is your petty story? What did you do petty in the last week?
1: It's um, dealing with time. Cause you were saying, you know, I had to, was petty with uh, myself and time. So like I said, i well, not, you stated before I, I added to the list as mommy. So now I'm dealing with that transition of not being as available or as on call as as prior to. You know, Blair's mm-hmm. the one that people could be like, okay, Blair, I need, okay, Blair. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like um, saying yes a couple of times, like, nah, but I really can't do it. <laughs> I, <so laughs> he was being petty with myself. And hack it really quickly, like you know, you can't do that anymore. Like you can't overextend. Because yeah, little person who's like, "Hey," and she I'm lives, first. And she's definitely a booby trap, and she lives on my boob. So there's no way that, that wow. She, that's where she is now. <laughs> so <laughs> that's hilarious. So be so, just so I was really being petty with myself and my time. The second pettiness i did was um i started i was proud of myself because i waited i didn't say oh i need to get back in shape you know as a dancer blah. blah. i was like let me take my little time so at nine weeks i was like start back working out just because i missed the feeling you too you know that oh
0: right 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 because i didn't even say anything about that that you choreograph and background dance for missy elliott pretty much for the last 15 years we didn't even talk about that. Okay. Right. Right. Get your body back in shape. Let's go. Okay. Keep talking.
1: <laughs> okay. I did extend myself that courtesy of the extra three weeks, but when I went back into it, mm, I like pretty much OD and, and, and that means mm. to uh, do too much too fast. So now, yeah, and I, I think my body was like, yeah, you pretty petty <laughs> because girlfriend, <laughs> you've been out for a little minute. You can't go that hard. So I, yeah. and my, I instantly felt that like my, um for my shoulder. So I said to myself, when well, you were like, you know, what were you petty with? I'm like, man, I was petty with myself uh, These this last week of not just taking my time and let it gradually go in and acknowledging the transition that girlfriend, everything is different now, which is beautiful. And I'm excited about it, but it definitely was a, all right. And it was, it was a realization. It was something that uh, it happened quick. It wasn't like you know, something that I, well, something was like extremely affected by it, like in a negative way, except my sore shoulder. But other than that, uh, I I was, I was definitely petty with myself.
0: That's, you know what, that's beautiful that you recognize that. Cause a lot of times when people think petty, they always think external, right? This is petty, that's petty, but to acknowledge that, no, I was being petty with myself. I was being petty with my time, it overextending myself. Yes, yes. Um which is a perfect segue into my petty story. Today was a rough, 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 rough day for me. I had one of the I haven't had a day like this in in probably years, honestly. Um <clears throat> where I just could not contain my emotions. I was like really um I was crying, I was very sad, I was just very uneasy today. And at first When it first happened, I I instantly just had like, and it was one of those social media things, right? I I was looking at something on social media, kind of triggered me to think other things. Then I started going down this rabbit hole of thoughts. Now I've been doing meditation, writing, and working on this for 10 plus years now. Like I've really been into my self-help. And to a point where I'm able to catch those triggers. When it happened, I'm able to acknowledge like, oh, I know where that just came from and I know what I can do about it. I know how to work through it, breathe, whatever, right? And today I just couldn't. The trigger happened and then next thing you know it was like, why why do I have to go through so much struggle? Why has my life been like this? Why do I and it's like all these why why whys and I mean, I was having a mess mess of a day. And then Mike was like, "Kelly, you just got back from Jamaica, right? You got back from Jamaica at midnight on Monday. You woke up and got on a plane to Philly to go buy this shuttle bus because we are going to build a tiny home inside of a bus. And so Mm -hmm. I got on a plane at 9 a.m. to Philly to go get this shuttle bus. Then I drove the shuttle bus 12 hours back to Chicago. While in Philly, had an interview with Baba, right, (laughs) for this show, still doing like all the the media stuff for this. Got up this morning and went to the trainer because I'm back out of town tomorrow and I'm not going to be able to see him for six days. And then after the trainer, I had that moment. I had that moment where I just was like, and I haven't been drinking coffee today at all, like, and I'm usually a big coffee person. And so I didn't have any coffee today because I'm going on an ayahuasca retreat tomorrow and you can't have any caffeine. So I I X that out, but I was crying and I couldn't pull it together. And Mike was like, Kelly, sometimes you're, he said, you work at your, 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 your energy all the time. You're always, you're meditating, you're writing. You're always mindful of, but today you're over. He's like, you're overextended, you're exhausted. You're exhausted. You've been ripping and running and you expect you to be able to catch those triggers. That trigger happened and it took you because you didn't have the energy to stop it. (laughs) And I was like, it was like a light bulb popped on. He was like. This this happens sometime. And it was it was one of the worst. Like I said, it was one of the worst things. I was very petty with my energy today, because instead of just allowing myself to feel what I felt. And to lay down, I got into this cycle of the whys and the why me and the what am I doing wrong and what, you know, and then because I practice Buddhism, I started thinking like it's because I don't practice because I don't believe in a certain God and I'm not praying to a specific. And I just started really going off the head. Like It was it was like off the road. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So, but yeah, but you know what, though, this is what this podcast is about. This is about um, acknowledging that stuff, talking about that stuff and exposing to people that you're not alone. You are not alone in these feelings when you feel uneasy or you're having emotional tension and you can't quite get out of it. It's OK. You're allowed these days. You know, you're allowed these moments. So just be less petty with yourself, your time, your space and your energy. And when you, when you, when the light bulb pop on. Grab a book and read. <laughs>
1: One thing I was uh, practicing um, well, with my doula during the pregnancy, she was saying, you know, just be kind with yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Be, be good to to you. And that's like, yes. you know, say, be kind. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I'll really to someone else. But really be kind with yourself, you know, be patient with, you know, your emotions, be be generous with, you know, complimenting yourself and, um, affirming, you know, who you are and things like that. And that's like a practice. So just as much as you say, I'm going to start being a little kind, you know, you'll go out and say hello or open doors or grab cards or whatever, like that's a practice, but you have to really do that with yourself as well. So, mm. you know, practicing, uh, like I said, saying certain things to yourself, that's like, a mo- that's what you, you know, Should everybody should practice it because you will say it like yes. Work on me and I'm trying to, but you literally have to put in the work to do that, and you really get that day. So being kind with yourself is not being delusional like you're not going to experience any kind of loopy loopy emotions and stuff. It's when it happens, saying that's okay, or rubbing, you know, how you will rub someone else's back to say, you know, it's all right, and you got, you know, and you got it. Yeah. So.
0: Absolutely. And after after my little my little thing. And I it's so crazy. I have a saying where I say everything is always working out for me. And so I'm literally crying. Like everything is always working out for me. I'm like having this bit while trying to say these affirmations. <laughs> <laughs> everything is always working. <laughs> but when I meditated though, I was like, it's okay, Kelly. And I had that moment of kindness of like, these days happen. And look how far it's been since you've had a day like this, which is showing that your work, this, what you're doing is working. Um, so without further ado, thank you for sharing your petty story. Thank you for being vulnerable. Um, and I am really excited to talk because this, this, this guy here, man, this guy here, this guy here, <sighs> I don't even know where to begin, but I will, I do know where to begin. My daughter, Faith, who is now, she's going to be 21 this year was in his, I know you can't even conceptualize that with a newborn, (laughs) I'm so sorry. So she was in his Pan-African Studies class at Kent State University this past semester. And actually she's taken it more than once. Um, This is her second time in his class. And every time she would come to me, giving me all this great information about African spirituality and Yoruba and all of this stuff. And I'm just like, you know, right. eating it up. Right. Just eating it up. Right. And I said one day, like, man, you know, it'd be really cool to t- talk to him. And then she's like, I'm sure he'd be open to it. And I was like, what? Right. Would he? Right. And 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 now here he is. And so I'm so excited because this man has a wealth of knowledge. Like even in our preliminary interview, I was talking to him and he's sharing stories of interactions with Maya Angelou and Gwendolyn Brooks. And I mean, just, I mean, Come on now. Just (laughs) amazing. He's an amazing poet. He's published several books. He is just the epitome of (sighs) excellence. Black excellence. Just just, I'm serious. Like I I we were on the phone. The preliminary interview was supposed to be 30 minutes. We were on the phone for over an hour. So that's. Just and that's why we need to get him in here so we can have this conversation now. So I want everybody to start clapping and or or in the chat snapping, whatever for the poet and associate professor at Kent State University for Pan-African Studies, Baba Okonta.
2: Wow. Greetings. Am Hi. I on mute? Can you
0: hear nope. me? I can hear you.
2: Um, I want to share something with you.
0: Out the gate. just
2: just listening to you um, one of my daughters just had her third son he's an infant Uh, 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 he's breastfeeding my wife is a doula Um, and so you know I'm a father I'm a husband I'm a grandfather Um, but I want to read a passage from a novel it the novel is called The Healers, and it is by a Ghanaian writer, i.e., Kwai Arma. Because you're talking about healing, healing ourselves, and, and our people are in need of healing. And that defines my approach to what I do. Mm-hmm. Healing is work, not gambling. It is the work of inspiration, not manipulation. If we the healers are to do the work of helping bring our whole people together again, we need to know such work is the work of a community. It cannot be done by an individual. It should not depend on any single person, however heroic he may be and it can't depend on people who do not understand the healing vocation, no matter how good such people may be as individuals. The work of healing is work for inspirers, working long and steadily in a group that grows over the generations until there are inspirers, healers, wherever our people are scattered able to bring us together again.
0: Mm, Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that.
2: Yes, yes, because, you know, our people have been traumatized for centuries and that trauma has been passed from one generation up to the next, up to the next, and it's still with us. What is so amazing to me, in, in spite of that trauma, it hasn't crushed us. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I look at our people, our people still smile, they still laugh, they still sing, they still dance. Uh, and, you know, we keep on keep it on, you know, but we are still in need of of healing. And the more we recognize that, uh, the more of us who will be healed. Yes, yes,
0: Absolutely. oh. Thank you so much for that. Yes, and it is in community. Like it, in fact, even today in my little my little meltdown, I didn't wanna tell anybody. I didn't wanna talk about it. I wanted to just be right in this moment and just deal with it and get over it. And then my husband was like, you wanna talk? And I was like, no, I told him no. And he could see the tears well in my eyes. And he was like, baby, if you just wanna vent even, I'm here, like, it's okay. And I mm-hmm. and, and I just, and then it just started pouring out and I'm like, I'm not, and I'm not doing this and I'm not. And then he was just like, okay. And it felt good actually to have a support system,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> to have a support system there. Yet in my mind, I thought I needed to just deal with this, you know, which is what I think a lot of people think is that we just got to deal with it, right? Oh,
1: definitely. You yeah. got the stigmas uh, of, or- well, the the misconception that it's a sign of weakness, or mm. or that you're not in control, or it's it's uh, to vent or to be vulnerable with a feeling is normally associated with something negative or something lacking. Like I I don't have control, I don't have strength, I don't have. As opposed to really embracing it as the opposite, you know what I mean? To be vulnerable with yourself takes a the strength. You know what I mean? Yeah. To accept your husband's hand at that moment was a sign of strength to say, you know, that allowed you to get control over, you know, that moment. So it's yes. tough. It's it's I, I I still don't have that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's crazy because it's it's hard to do, um, but I knew in that moment as my tears were well, I was like, I need this. And I'm just going to go ahead and lean into it because <laughs> if not, I will be walking around here with this monkey on my back for the rest of the night. I'm not even going to be able to have my podcast. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So let me just go ahead and, and let it out. Um, I have been uh, just to kind of switch subjects real quick. I'm very curious about your name. How do you pronounce your name? uh baba okanta how do you pronounce that my first
2: name is mwatabu mwatabu yes mwatabu it's a kiswahili name uh wow. it 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 means a child born in a time of difficulty or sorrow mm. uh i was extremely ill as an infant and um my mother my grandmothers uh from stories I've been told. I had long nights sitting up with me uh, because I had eczema maybe a month or two after I was born. Um, So when I came into my consciousness in terms of names, uh, I was studying the language, Kiswahili, uh, and when you study a language, you, 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 you really have to learn the culture of the language. Uh, and, that, and that gave me insight into how Africans name their children. Mm. And so I took that as my first name. Uh, my last name, Okanta, uh, is a Ga name. It's, it's from Ghana um and it was given to me by a very very close friend uh while i was in school and it means a breaker of rock uh i remember the first time i met an african from africa and i went to kent state Uh, and in those days in, in the early 70s when you saw another Black student on campus, you stopped. You didn't walk past them. <laughs> you know, you 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 connected, and, and then you went on to do whatever it was you had to do. And I was in a student center one day. Uh, and ironically, that student center is now our building, OK? Uh, and I saw this young Black man sitting off in a cafeteria. And I went in, introduced myself to him and I grew up in New Jersey. And so most of my classmates were from somewhere in Ohio. And so I fully expected him to tell me he was from Cleveland or Akron, Columbus, Cincinnati. And he says, I am from Africa. And it like, it just blew my mind, you know, and, and, all of the dumb questions poured out of me i couldn't i couldn't help myself at, at one point i even asked him if he had killed a lion okay. <laughs> right, yeah. not, not, not <gasps> had he seen one i asked him if he had killed one <laughs> and,
0: like that's just something they're trained to right, do like that's right just right <laughs> you
2: know i asked him if he lived in a hut and where did he learn to speak english and He put his arm around me and he says, it will be all right, my brother. But what was stunning, the most stunning aspect of it, I thought he was a fellow African-American. And when he tells me he is an African from Africa, it made me think if he is an African, what does that make me? And I literally went back to my room and and just stared at my face. Okay. And that was the beginning because he took me to his apartment. I met other African students. I started hanging out with Africans. uh, And and many times I'd be the only African-American in a group of Africans. And, and... There was an incident, a confrontation between myself and an African who essentially called me a black white man, and it and it upset the rest of my African friends. But before they could say anything, I checked this dude, and and from that moment, my friends started calling me Okanta, and. it it was profound because by then I had come to understand if African names were not important, we would still have them. So part of the enslaving process, part of the attempt to disconnect us from our culture was to rename us. And so I went through a period where I felt like I had no name, Mm. you know? And so when he started calling me Okanta, uh, I said, yeah, I like that, (laughs) you know? And as African-Americans, we see Africa as a whole before we see its parts. So I wanted a name that would embrace the continent. So my first name is from the east. My last name is is from the west, uh, and I legally changed my name. I've had my African name for over over forty years. Wow! And so, uh, it it was a part of being freed, being decolonized. to to use the term that you used earlier, uh, but to be decolonized in terms of my mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was fortunate to find myself at a place, Kent State University that had a black studies program. I got there in the second year of its operation. And so I was in a place where this information was available, all you had to do was go to it. Um, and as I tell my students, I mean I had some of the same questions that my students have, you know that you know who are we? Where do we come from? Who were we before slavery? you know how did it get like this? Um, and so I've been on that journey ever since.
0: You know, I found something very interesting in our preliminary um, conversation about this same thing around names. You said that you were in Africa and they were yelling at you that you were they were yelling something at you, which in terms meant. Oh, Bruni.
2: Oh, Bruni. Yeah. Oh, Bruni.
0: (laughs) Oh, Bruni. If you could share that story.
2: (laughs) Right. This was back in the 90s, 94. I was actually a, a guest guide for a tour group. And we were on a tour bus. We were on the way to Elmina Cape Coast Castle. And we stopped in a pottery village. And as we're rolling in, children are running along beside the bus. And they were pointing and they were saying, oh Bruni, oh Bruni, oh Bruni. And so I asked the guy, I said, what are they saying? And he, he looked at me, he hesitated. He says, well, oh, Bruni, that's, that's that's what we call the white man. And I said, oh, no. So you, you got to stop the bus. <laughs> I said, I didn't come to Africa to be called a white man. I said, we, we have to get out and talk to the people in the village. And on my last visit, and I was fortunate, I was in Ghana twice in 2019 during the historic year of the return. And once again, out of the mouth of one of the children, Obibini O'Bruni. So again, I asked, what does this mean? And and it means because obruni also means foreigner. Okay. Mm. And Obibini O'Bruni means black foreigner. And I gave a presentation at the University of Cape Coast to a class in the history department. And I was saying to the students, you know, I said, how can you call me Obibini Obruni? My name is Okanta, but you tell me your name is Francis. (laughs) <laughs> I, I said, what are what are we missing in this picture?
1: <laughs>
0: you know,
2: these these aliens come here, give you their language, give you their names, give you their image of God, and you've embraced those things, and now they are in control of your diamonds, they're in control. Of your cocoa, they're in control of the economy. You, you, you need to give that some thought. Wow. Okay. You, you need to give that some thought. And I've had encounters like that each time I've gone to the continent, uh, and I've been to Nigeria. I, I, I've been to Senegal, um, and so. You know, we're confused on both sides of the Atlantic to say uh, exactly. in, in in terms of our identity, while at the same time, the culture is in us. Mm. It's It's in us. And, you know, we just have to...
0: What do you mean by the culture is in us?
2: Just that, it's in us. Like, you were talking about being in Jamaica and how people embrace the patois. Mm -hmm. Well, it's easy to embrace the patois because even though they were colonized, they are still in the majority, that's their language. Okay, our situation is different. We Mm -hmm. live in the belly of the beast. Okay, so we have to fight through what the beast is saying about us and so much of our journey in the belly of the beast has been about looking to our oppressors for validation Mm. trying to join uh uh this society trying to be a part of it, you know? Assimilation. Exactly, assimilation and acculturation. And so our language has been so vilified that many of us have bought into it, but it's in us anyway, because that's how we talk, okay? And it's, a legitimate is actually a language. It's not a slang. It's it's an actual language. There there is a good book, written by a linguist. It's called Talking and Testifying, uh, uh, by Geneva Smitherman, and she breaks down the African linguistic roots in this language that we speak called. Ebonics, Mm. and and one of my African teachers told us that that language is, is, it's a virtuoso language in the sense that if you study a foreign language, I don't care what it is, you find out that you can say things in French or in Spanish that you cannot say in English, okay? But what that really says, certain thoughts do not exist in English. And if the thought doesn't exist, there's there's no need for a word to express it. And as African people, we have thoughts and emotions that can't be expressed in English. So we've had to bend it. We've had to create our own patois. We've had to create our own pigeon in order to express ourselves, okay? And that language works in the community, okay? Because our mamas understand it, our sisters and brothers, our friends down the street in the hood, we all all get it. And so what Smitherman is saying to teach our children so that we can navigate being in this society. You have to take a bilingual approach.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Imagine what it would be like trying to learn French if you couldn't speak English. Okay. And so my, my daughter, and, and speaking of faith, <laughs> faith, faith has had, I guess you can call it the full Okanta experience. Because when I had her in class the first time, she came up to me after class and she had a communications class where she was working with a graduate assistant.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And the graduate assistant's name is Ile Ife Okanta. And so she asked me, she says, my my G A Ile Ife. Do you know Ile Ife? I said, Yeah, she's my daughter. Uh <laughs> so Faith worked with my daughter before she was in class with me. Um and and Ife, she also writes, she did a TED talk on code switching.
0: Mm, I code switch so much, it's so bad. I hate it. No, well, you don't have to hate it. I hate it so much
2: <laughs> because we live where we live. Yeah, and 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 so we have to navigate this society. Okay, and it's so
0: natural. It's like you you get a phone call and it's just like hello. Like the the, the pitch right. goes up. It's like it's just so natural.
2: <laughs> exactly, you know, and you know I there was... are things that we can do to navigate this society so that we can flourish. In spite of the obstacles that are constantly placed in front of us,
1: what are you exactly two, two, uh Two things. Well, about the code switching, and, that, and that's funny that he used that or you used that term, but that was also a part of uh, when I was saying in the opening about kind of embracing what we as a culture without having the the direct contact with Africa or our roots or learning who we are, we've developed a culture within our own, you know, within meaning within being Af- of African descent in Americas in the Americas. And um so I think it's it's that line of trying to say I want to embrace pretty much everybody or everything that or every person that is melanated or, you know, of African descent mm-hmm. and not putting one before the other, or this is the way or that and embracing everything about us because it really- Correct, yeah. Strength and overcoming, uh, you know, what we've been through and that loss of connect. And then I had another question as uh, because I know you're a Pan-African, pan African study of study, uh, Pan-Africanism. Do you feel like it's a shift from when well i from when it began right we went through the black people went through kind of changing their name like that's but that was the thing like 70s 80s 90s and then now it seems like though it's more of a we're kind of content where we are it's not you don't see that many as trying to seek that journey do you think it's changing do you think it, it has changed from before, with more African Americans wanting to identify with the African culture or be a part of it,
2: yeah. Um, let me deal with the first part of what you were saying. Um, mm-hmm. One of the textbooks that I use in my classes is called Soul Force, inspired Jamaican scholar Leonard Leonard E Barrett. And we're dealing with the notion that they didn't bring slaves from Africa, they brought Africans. Okay. And the reality of that, the Africans were actually in the majority throughout the New World. And, you know, I learned that many of our people had virtually no real contact, meaningful contact with white people. And so that they recreated Africa in the new world. And so mm-hmm. as that relates to the people we can now call African-Americans, we recreated Africa in the new world as well. I I truly believe that our enslaved African ancestors here in the United States had a better grip on their reality then than we do now. And and, and, and if you study, say the lyrics of the spirituals, if you, 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 you study the folklore, you can see the wisdom of Africa adapting to the situation of us here in the United States. It's like people talk about January 6, right? And, and these white people, they bum rush the Capitol. Now, we all know that if a Black Lives Matter demonstration, it wouldn't even get to that because they already come out. When they know we come in, they come out in full force. Exactly they come out in full force, but we were able to watch these white people go off. Well, our enslaved Africans here in one of their stories, it ends with the line, them dogs make them laws and them dogs break them laws.
0: Hmm.
2: Okay, so in other words, watching white people do what white people do did not come as a shock to our ancestors. And it didn't come as a shock to a lot of us. You know, all of our people are not lost. You know, over a million people, most of whom came from the United States Uh, and the numbers are probably larger than that, went to Ghana during the year 2019 to take part in the year of the return. Now, it doesn't surprise me that CNN and all of the media outlets, that they didn't report that because they don't want us to know that. You mentioned YouTube but there were videos that we were putting up all over YouTube, okay? African-Americans dropped almost a billion dollars in Ghana in a year. Just taking part in the year of the return. So more of our people are traveling to the continent. More of our people are traveling around the diaspora, the Caribbean, dealing with our people, uh than at any other time in our history while at the same time there is still a large portion of us who were just lost who were just damaged who are in need of healing and so it 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 comes back around you know i see it in my young students who Um, I see it in the young women who come to school, take our classes and decide that they no longer want to perm their hair, that they Mm -hmm. want to go natural. Okay, And that's how it was when I was a teenager in the 60s. And the afro came out as a hairdo. So, you know, it's happening. You know, the movement has never stopped. Uh, because we're in the belly of the beast, it is harder sometimes for us to see these things. Um while at the same time, I mean, I've seen some of Missy Elliott's Missy Elliot, Elliot's videos. So I guess I've seen you, and just didn't know it was you.
0: Probably have. She's been in okay. a, she's been in all of them. It's crazy. <laughs> but, but, but what I'm saying in the
2: hip hop culture, there's a lot of serious consciousness in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and and our young people are tuned into it you know I, I talk to my peers I'll be 69 you know and when they complain about the music you know I remind them you know our parents complained about our music too
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> but we were listening to no. Parliament Funkadelic you know we were listening to Earth, Wind and Fire we were listening to Sly and the Family Stone and you know my father's listening to Spike what the hell are they talking about Right. Why Why? why yeah. are you into that? But my father's mother didn't like the music that he was listening to. Right. Okay, yeah. and he's the Lindy Hop generation. And, and so that's what I mean. The culture is in us, but we haven't been taught to recognize it to appreciate it and to understand the African origins of it. You know, they took us out of Africa, but they couldn't take Africa out of us. And it's it's still in us.
0: So, you know, like people people say... Well, well, you know how people say... Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Just go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, because he was...
1: (laughs) They took us from Africa, so it made me think about a group. You have a, a, a group of people or just, you know, a group of thought that uh there is the majority of us were already here and that we were not brought over. And um, just through the natural, you know, voyagers and things like that, the Americas were full of Africans to begin with. And that, uh so then they, in essence, I guess, have a hard time or then they don't connect with reaching out or being a part of what we call what you know, present day Africa or the, you know, different countries and things like that because of our existence on the Americas originally, like what's your take on that?
2: Well, it is true. um, That African people were in this hemisphere prior to Europeans coming into this hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Um, the information that I've seen, I mean, it's, it's not like we dominated it, but we were here. Um, the reality of the transatlantic slave trade, that was the big business of the Europeans at that time. Um, for me, is is beyond debate. Okay? When Europeans came here talking about this was the new world, there is evidence that suggests that around 6 million, 6.5 million people end up in the new world as a result of Europeans coming here. But of that 6 million, 6.5 million, five million of them were brought here from Africa.
0: Mm.
2: Okay, and for me, that's, that's just real, okay? And so the ancient African presence in the new world, that's what is in part responsible for the pyramids that existed in Mexico, going down through Central America, all the way into Peru. (coughs) And that's part of the African contributions. There's a good book, it's easy to read by Ivan Van Sertema called, They Came Before Columbus, the African Presence in the New World. And so, you know one of the things that i was taught to to guard against was to create a historical narrative for ourselves that is just designed to make us feel good mm Okay. Yeah. Like like people saying, you know, we used to be kings and queens. Well, all of us, no, 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 we weren't. <laughs> not all of us. <laughs> not all of us. And, and that's not to say anything bad. You know, some of us were kings, some of us were queens, some of us were chiefs, and some of them were corrupt. Okay. And got caught up in being agents for the Europeans in the slave trade. Mm. But our people were artisans, our people were dancers, our people were singers, they were hunters, they were farmers, they, they were wood carvers, they were metal workers, um, um, they were fishermen, you know, our people were enslaved precisely because of the skills that we possess skills Mm. that Europeans did not possess, Mm. okay? And so for me, it's about looking at the good, the bad and the ugly in our experience, our historical experience, you know, because we can't be a people that built pyramids, and just somehow ended up being enslaved. Right. You know, what kind of seeds did our ancient ancestors sow such that we reaped being kidnapped and enslaved? You know, mm-hmm. and and for me, part of the healing process is coming to grips with that aspect. Mm. of our experience you know we we can't blame everything that's happened to us just on white people Mm. yeah and and it's not to absolve white people their way of life is it's not any of that okay you know what but go ahead
1: no i was saying because that is that has been something that uh you know different scholars and professors and people who, you know, uh try to link the the cultures have talked about, or that's like an ongoing thing about the mm-hmm. their, the Africans' role in the you know Atlantic the transatlantic slave trade. And you had indentured servitude, which was way different than American slavery. So mm-hmm. I think. You know, so it's when you get dive deep into it and you, you know, you you don't want to obviously absolve white people or the Amer- the American white people and English of what was done, but it's definitely a difference in just saying, like, oh, Africans had a hand in slavery. Well, it was nowhere near the inhumane and craziness and right. the, the 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 systematic that continued after the actual enslavement that took part. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, that's, that's a big thing because, you know, people get into that get into that logic of, uh, oh, well, it was this. And when people would say things like, you know, we were kings and queens, I think it was more so not to say everybody was kings and queens, but that the possibility of us holding a ranking as high as a king and queen existed. Not oh, as that's as true.
2: That, that's true. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: People walking around that had no idea that people with dark skin could even be in that. Mm-hmm. Light, you know?
0: Same even thing as like <laughs> they never thought we can be president <laughs> until bur- until so Barack became was- president. Right.
1: So that push to show, hey, you know, not you have the possibility, or you come from a lineage of you know creators. And I think with us being like you said, it's in us. I think that was something that we couldn't. We could easily showcase, you know, our creativity, mm-hmm. our hard work, our you, our, our dance, our you know, the the blacksmith, the artisan, and the contractor, and things like that. But the king and queen, that aspect was never shown. You could never see that leadership role or that uh, right. that role, you know, a ruler. So I think that was why people kind of like you know pushed that. Right. They, I mean, when I think was... about, go ahead. When I think about like healing though, like true
0: healing, I mean, if I'm if I'm hearing what you're saying, Baba, and also Blair, is this idea that we have to understand our part in the trauma, any like we have to understand that and not assume that it's just all glorified. Like, oh, we were brought up, we were slaves, we were brought over here, and this what this is what happened to us as a result of it. But it's like, no, there was a, a part there prior to that, right? There was also mm-hmm. this other existence that came with slavery, right. <laughs> you know, that came with it <laughs> that was already there that we got to also take note, we got to be mindful of and keep that in mind in the healing process so that we can acknowledge that because trauma just recycles itself if you don't acknowledge it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what I'm getting out of what you're saying.
2: Yes, yes, it is. I mean, there's another novel by when we- Too much
0: reading. Earlier.
2: (laughs) And I mean, but these are the things that have influenced me and how I think and how I approach my own art uh, called 2,000 Seasons by Arma, And... It has in it what's called the Prophecy of Anoah. Okay, because Africa was more advanced than Europe. You know, mm-hmm. they, they teach us in school about the dark ages and, and the ice age and all of that. And they give you the impression that it was all over the planet. No, it wasn't. Right. It wasn't all over the planet.
1: Cause there ain't no okay. ice in Italy.
2: Exactly, <laughs> and, and so when Europeans began their explorations of the the planet, and, and when they came into Africa and they saw the wealth, they saw the skills that Africans possessed. You know, Columbus was trying to get to India and before they sailed <laughs> west, They had to sail around the continent. So they make pit stops to get up into India. And that's when they saw the riches in the African continent. Mm. But what the brother goes into in the novel, he suggests that we as a people got to a point where we didn't appreciate what we had. Okay? And, and it says that we turn <laughs> from the way of the ancestors, and the way is reciprocity. If I give you something, you're supposed to give me something of equal value in return so that the exchange is balanced. Well, our people start taking trinkets, shiny trinkets from these Europeans, but giving up riches. So the exchange was out of balance. And so the poets, the griots, warned the people if you turn away from the way of the ancestors, you're gonna end up going into slavery for 2,000 seasons. 1,000 seasons going into it and 1,000 seasons crawling maimed from it. And so for me, we're in a 1,000 seasons crawling maimed from it. Our dark ages weren't the slave trade. Hmm. But we we, we coming out of that you know, there is a renaissance. The renaissance just wasn't in the 1920s. The renaissance was the whole of the 20th century, not just here, but in the Caribbean, in Africa, where our people are just waking up. You know, a couple years ago, uh, 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 a team of high school girls from Ghana came to the United States to compete in some kind of a technology competition. They won. These girls from Ghana won the competition competing against Americans and Chinese and all of this, all of these places that are supposed to be more advanced. But our girls came from Ghana and did their thing. You know, I got a video of a boy in Kenya who's making uh um what are them things they fly? They drones. Deliver drones. 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 This boy making drones in Kenya from spare parts. From spare parts from scrap parts he's finding. He's making drones. So Genius has always been in us and it it's still in us. And so our people are moving forward, but it, it's still a struggle because it's so hard to see until someone exposes you to mm. look in a different place.
0: Perspective, yes
2: and and you get a different perspective and then you begin to see that there are a lot of enlightened people out here people who understand people who possess this knowledge um and it just i firmly believe that knowledge in and of itself is not power yeah wisdom exactly wisdom, wisdom. is power but to get to wisdom you have to acquire knowledge, okay? And we do have scholars. We do have people working from all kinds of perspectives trying to piece our story back together to to allow us to see that we are not who they say we are that we are something else. Okay. And
0: I think that's important too, because like, even not, not necessarily saying that I believe that whatever a white person says I am, that I'm that, but just how I see certain people in my family, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? How I look at certain people in my family that are that I perceive to be a certain way. Like, why won't you just do that? Why won't you? But that's the image that's been given to me about Mm -hmm. them. It's not necessarily what I feel, or maybe it is what I feel, but it's what I think I feel based on images that have been placed into my head about them. Right. If that makes sense. Um, And I I had another question, too. You were talking about the 1,000 years in a thousand years, where, where are we only a thousand year spectrum? Are we like almost at the end? Are we, cause I'm tired. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to I figure can. out how much longer I got, <laughs> how much longer we got left. Well, <laughs> <you> know, said, <laughs> we,
2: we can only do what we can do in our time. We All can right. only do what we can do in our time. And, and so when I was in Ghana during the year of the return, it's, it's just a, a wonderful experience to be in a place. And there were black folk there from the UK, black folk there from South America, black folk there from the Caribbean, black folk there from the United States, black folk there from different countries in Africa. And we were all there together sharing our stories with each other.
1: And mm-hmm. and the year of the, to see, go ahead. The, the, no, just to clarify, the year of the return is for us as the people over um, west to come back to Ghana?
2: Yes, and
1: okay. Ghana
2: in particular, but to Africa in general. So what they did, because there is ever since W.E.B. Du Bois repatriated to Ghana, he was invited to Ghana to live out the rest of his life by Kwame Nkrumah, Ghana's first president. And so, ever since Du Bois went, African Americans, there is a considerable African American community living in Ghana. And they are very involved in teaching Africans who we are from the diaspora. And so they were the driving force around the president of Ghana launching the Year of the Return. 1619 to 2019. 400 years. Okay. Mm. And that the ancestors are calling on us to return home. You know, for a visit, to return home if you want to live. But To return, to reconnect, um, there is, I remember the first time on one of my early visits to Nigeria, and I distinctly remember the thought that came to me that I had just gone 24 hours and hadn't seen a white person. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that was just a deep, deep moment. You know, to to be somewhere, to be surrounded by people who look like you, to encounter people who look like your mama, who look like your daddy, who look like your auntie, who look like your friend, okay? To have people come and speak to you in Yoruba or Igbo or Pidgin before they realize you speak none of those that you come from the states <clears throat> and so you know for me that allowed me to see that yes i'm an african i'm i'm from a new tribe of africans
0: mm.
2: okay i'm from a new tribe of africans and and so because we're no longer the same people as our ancestors who were taken out of Africa. But Africa is still in us. And every time I go to the continent, I see that. And it's comforting. Okay. And 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 and, and so going back and forth to the continent helps. Me deal with them meltdown moments, Kelly, because <laughs> we all have them. H- yeah. How are we not going to have them in living in this society? Yeah,
1: yep. I so, agree with. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So, I, I... on my
2: job, if somebody talked to me about uh, 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 uh you were an angry black man, hell yeah. <laughs> I ain't running from that. I'm supposed to be angry. How come you ain't? You know, but we can't be stuck in it. In the anger, yeah. We can't be stuck in that anger. We have to learn how to uh, 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 transform that anger into a more positive energy and get on the other side of it. You know, and, and I do think that that's possible. It's
0: been my but life's yes, work.
2: Right, and, <laughs> but, but yes, we get tired along the way.
0: I really wanted to, um, uh, I wanted to get into like Yoruba uh, culture and I wanted to talk about us choosing our parents from mm-hmm. a religious standpoint. Um, Cause I mentioned that, I mentioned that we choose our parents to one of my cousins And she was like, I can't I can't see that. I can't see that we as people choose our parents because you have kids out here who are being abused. You have people. Right. And so it's like what I have chosen to be born into that. And I tried to explain it to her from a Buddhist perspective of like, yes, because we are here to work through whatever karma that we've, Mm -hmm. you know, and so being born to a certain family will give us the the, the, the workout that we need to go through in order to work through that karma. But mm-hmm. from a African perspective, what do you, what do you think about that? And we, we are very from tight African on time. Is, so from an African perspective, it's the same thing. The karma. Okay.
2: Okay. They just have a, a, their own language for expressing it. You know, yeah. I ask students, if you believe in the concept of the soul, what's older, your soul or your body? And they all your say soul. your soul. Then I asked them, "Well, where was your soul before it was in your body?" And then they look at me like, "Oh my god," because just just that thought has never been put to them. And so the Africans say that our soul was with God before it was in this body.
0: Yeah, this body like a car, exactly. <laughs> Just and so temporary. that
2: we communicated with God, expressed the desire to be born into this world. God said, okay, why you want to go there? And however you answer that question becomes your purpose for being born into this world.
1: Oh,
0: I need Ooh. to know the question. I need to know. <laughs> was
1: Did you see that? How huh? didn't hear you. Did you, did you guys see the, the cartoon that was recently put out with Jamie Foxx called Soul?
0: Mm-mm.
1: And his purpose, it was these little... so it, exactly it, It's, it's
2: animated, where the guy was a musician. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes.
1: And it's the that, souls were up there talking. And they were exactly. And the some people who had no soul or no purpose, so uh. they never came down to the world. Oh, that, that little animation was next level. Next, well, I got to go you, back and watch that. You, I wasn't exactly. even... Okay.
2: And so, that individual soul, in order to come into this world, has to choose its parents so it can incarnate in its mother's womb, develop a body, but it chooses the parents who are best suited to put it on its journey in this life.
1: For its purpose. Mm. Makes sense to me. For its purpose. Wow.
2: And in old world Africa, what rites of passage was about when you got to the age of puberty and they took you into the bush and and the, the designated male elders took the boys and the designated female elders took the girls. What that was, manhood, womanhood training, the responsibilities of being an adult, the responsibilities of being a man, woman, husband, wife, mother, father, how do you relate to your in-laws, your mother-in-law, father-in-law, all of that. But it was also about, cause like you started off with meditation. It was also about going in to reconnect with your purpose for being born into this world. Because mm. we come into it and we know why we're here, but we become so distracted being in this world that we forget.
0: I need a rise of passage.
2: And so uh. rites of
0: passage is about
2: <laughs> reconnecting with your purpose because no one can tell you your purpose, but it's in each and every one of us.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. We are basically at the end of the show. Um and this is I have so many more questions. I know Blair is so bad. Uh we're going to do this quick um little word thing that I like to do. I feel like language is super important. Words are important. Um it empowers who we are. Uh, and so I'm going to throw some words out there and I want you to tell me the first thing you think of when you hear it. Um, so Baba, uh, spirituality.
2: Uh, self. Connecting with myself. Mm. God. Oh, uh, wow. That. You know, in Rasta language, we talk about I and I. Okay. So that the divinity is in us. Okay. That we have a God self. We have a high self. We have a low self.
0: So just self again, basically.
2: Yeah. You know, we often look outside of ourselves for the very things that are in us. Mm, Yep. Ain't
0: that the truth? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: uh, I have a poem where ritual is important, right? And we need to have a ritual where we put the metaphorical nigga in a casket and cremate it. Okay. Because that is the invention of our oppressors Mm. that's been imposed on us in the same way that Pavlov trained his dogs. Oh, wow. Mm. And, And so it's a mentality. It's a mentality that has been drilled into us. And I think we can put it to rest. It's going to be a struggle, but I think we can. I'm ready. Okay. Educate. take time. Educate. Um, one of my teachers taught me, I don't know if it's the Latin or the Greek origins of that word, education, educare. It means to lead out. Once again, education is to bring out what's in us. You know, it's 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 almost like I, I showed I show students video about voodoo, mm-hmm. candomblé. And and I've had students after they see people in spirit possession rolling on the floor and they come up to me and they say, Baba, we do that in our church. I said, I know. I said, I know, but what's blowing their minds is they see that they're doing something in their church that's African in its origin,
0: mm-hmm.
2: okay? And so it, it it helps them to rethink what they do. I had a student this semester in face class who is, is a Pentecostal minister, and that's what we talked about is how this African stuff, as he was calling it, is so similar to what he already believes. Mm -hmm. And it's just blowing his mind, okay, that, you know, because I'm not saying to him, you have to stop being a Christian, but you an African. And Africans Mm -hmm. have a way of worshipping and 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 being connected to the spirit and the spirit is real for africans because the spirit can possess you can communicate through you can can communicate in you beyond the level of the conscious and the rational okay at the level of the intuitive You know, intuition.
0: Yes, exactly. And and when we're quiet, our minds, we can hear that. But when we're chattered, we can't really know what that is. We don't trust it.
2: That's why the scriptures say be still and know God. Mm,
0: Be still. Okay, we got two minutes left and (laughs) we got literally like it's like 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 boom, boom, boom. And I just want real, real quick for you, because I think this is really important. And it seems like a lot. And some people could feel like, man. This is too much for me to even, what do I start? What do I do, right? And I think you said something about pyramids uh, in our conversation that you explained to your students that I f- I felt really hit me heavy when I was like, okay, this work that I'm doing is not, no, it's not done. I'm, I'm working with this mm-hmm. and I'm building. So could you share that story really, really quick about the pyramids? Uh, we got a minute left, actually. The pyramids <laughs> at
2: Giza, uh, it, it was essentially a, 200 year construction project. And so the first generation building the first pyramid understood that that project would not be finished in their lifetime, but in order for it to be completed, they had to do in their lifetime what they were responsible for doing. And then it would pass to the next generation and continue. And and so the work that we are doing in the present is going to produce something that we may not necessarily see in our lifetime, or we won't see it the way we would like to see it, because we can see it. Okay. You 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 see it in your daughter who goes off to college and then comes home with this information. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I'm telling my students answer questions for an uninformed audience. And that audience is, you know, your mothers, your grandmothers, what you learned in that black class. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and so give them, provide them with this information. Because Thank there's all kinds so of videos much. and all kinds of stuff out there now.
0: Thank you we, so much, Baba Opanta. Like you have been mind blowing again. Another hour and a half again. with you. I would, I'm going to have to have, we're going to have to have a whole season. You're just going to have to do a whole thing because, I mean, you have so wealth of knowledge. Uh, Blair, thank you so very much for coming on and having this conversation. Your questions were super good, very impactful because I, it's just the way your brain works, which is what I love about you. Um, thank you. Thank you to the audience members that have... Um, interacted with us throughout I know I didn't share a lot of y'all comments, but I was really into what he was um, sharing. And next week is the finale. I'm gonna take you all out really quick. Thank you again. Thank you, thank you so much. Next week you all is the finale. It is the finale episode of Be Less Penny season one here live. And I just want to share that we will have numerologist, Dale Weeks and actress, J on uh, co-hosting. It is going to be an amazing show. Um, So make sure you guys tune in for that. Thank you so very much. I love you all and see you next time. Bye.